0: Ladies and gentlemen, RPA is proud to present Aaron's Horror Show with Aaron Frail. Hi, this is Steve Silver with Silver Screen Videos, and you're listening to Aaron's Horror Show with Aaron Frail. You are listening to Aaron's Horror Show, and I'm your host, Aaron Frail. We get to read fiction on the show and talk about some movies, books, you name it. If you like what I do here, please consider supporting the show at patreon.com forward slash Aaron Frail. You'll get some books and other cool stuff for your support. Go ahead and also reach out to me at Aaron's Horror Show at gmail.com, Aaron Horror Show on Twitter or Aaron's Horror Show on Facebook. Thank you so much for listening, and enjoy. Welcome to Aaron's Horror Show, and I'm your host, Aaron Frail. We got more touristicu for you. Alright, some more of Grand Orcs. Uh, By the way, if you're noticing, they're a little bit shorter, and that's because I'm reading it in kind of chapter by chapter, and the chapters on this particular part of it is pretty, pretty short, so (laughs) they're going to be pretty short for the duration of this, uh, there might be some long ones here and there, but, uh, short's nice too, uh, you know, and, and I'm sure Aaron Hunter has them all, uh, you know, uh, uh, marked properly on the webpage, so if you want to listen more, kind of, in a row, like, binge listen, you know, you could just Get all the <laughs> touristic you episodes you know starting from the beginning, and then listen through to hear uh or you know uh, uh, uh there there's a you know uh, uh what's happening now is uh, they got ambushed and you know this has something to do with Granork's past, and uh granork was going to be the baron uh before something happened, obviously because he's not the baron. But this kind of goes in between his past and, obviously, what's happening in the future. So this one is, of course, set in the past. So, uh, yeah, here we go. Thousands of Orcandus thumped ceremonial stones on their tables. Each chanted the Baron's song. It was a deafening noise. Granok stood in the center of the battle pit. He was naked, covered in blood, and held the still-beating heart of the Tar-Beast in one hand and a sword in the other. He ate the bloody mess during the song's crescendo and the citizens screamed their approval of his ascension. This was the eleventh day of the twelve deadly trials. Each test was intended to measure the new baron's might, agility, pain threshold, and so forth. The tar beast was a test of fearlessness. It resembled the great cats of Earth, but with camouflage fur, teeth and claws about three times the size of a lion. The Predator was starved into a frenzy. The would-be baron was dumped in the pit with a beast with nothing but their horn and a sword. The trials were so severe that the average family size of the baron was 18 members in order to guarantee that at least one family member would make it to the barony. If the offspring failed to complete the 12 deadly trials by refusal or death, the test would open to the public where anyone could participate. The winners of the trials would then fight to the death until one remained, and the same bloodbath would transpire if siblings of the current baron both wanted to put themselves into the running. However, Granork's misgivings proved to be false. His brother did not volunteer himself as a competitor or even as a backup. If Granork failed, his bloodline would no longer have claim to the throne. It was odd for the Baron to only have two children, but when Grandork's mother died during his brother's birth, his father never remarried. Since Orkandu's birth involved the child tearing out of the mother's womb, it was common for women to die in labor. With technological improvements, the chance of a mother dying at birth went from one in every four to about one in twenty thousand. It was a rare event when a partner died, but not strange for Orkandus to remarry. The peculiar part was why the king decided to say single. In the pre-technological days, the men would die as much as the females in war, hunting, and other dangerous aspects of the hostile home world, so remarriage was a way of life. For Candus, the state of being alive was ephemeral. They valued action over words. A person's worth was appreciated for what they did over what they said. As Granork finished the heart of the Tar Beast and roared with the primal scream of his ancestors, a loud gong echoed in the chamber, and the crowd settled down. The high priest of the seventh order stood on a platform above the stage. His cloak rivaled Granork's in brothers for its length. The priest addressed the crowd. Granork of the Dachran province, son of Baron Viskirk, holder of the Staff of Blood and Light, has completed the eleventh deadly trial. The crowd banged their tables and grunted. The gong quieted the people again. Tomorrow he will undergo the twelfth deadly trial, the test of honor, the high priest continued. The pounding and grunting overpowered the cleric. And the gong sounded again, the holy man's cape billowed behind him as he raised his hands to the heavens. Should he complete the final trial, the ascension will be complete. Granork would have chosen by the two gods to rule the land. Granork scanned the crowd on the platform of the Drahurn province. He could see Tretkik surrounded by the nobles who ate scraps from his table. Their cloaks were only long because his brother was the son of the Baron and proxy on the throne. Had they come from another family, Tretkik and all of his followers would own a cloak barely past their shoulders. One human was on the platform too. It was a high-ranking turisticu, an odd choice for ceremonial companion, but not uncommon when the barony had business to negotiate. Stransalara was up there too, even though she was from a different province. It was Orkandu custom for married couples to adopt the home with the most powerful partner. However, unlike humans who always seemed to favor the male, Orkandu mon- men would go off to live with their partner if the female was the most powerful. Orkandu tradition never preferred one gender over the other. Each could fight and die. There had been an equal number of baronesses and barons over the years. Since Transylbara was never entirely accepted by the nobles in the Drekjern province. She always stood alone at official functions. Despite all the noise being generated by the other Orkandus in the arena, his province was quiet. His brother would not cheer and Transalera did not cheer alone. It was just another way of Tretkick's rivalry manifesting itself. Not that Grnork needed any support. He had very little time for his games his brother wanted to play. At least as Baron, his brother would finally have to respect him. Not that there would be any honor from his kin, but at least the belly aching might stop, and he would be the Baron by nightfall on the twelfth day. The final trial was a test of honor. He had to swear an oath to uphold the law and act for the benefit of his people and put his kingdom before personal gain. However, he had to swear an oath in the heat of the dual sun at noon. The two stars that Orcanus orbited would align in the sky to bake the land on the hottest day of the year. Animals and Orcandus alike would seek refuge because the temperatures would increase as high as 50% above average. Granork would be outside in his full ceremonial gear, swearing his life to his world. Tradition dictated that barons who were not honourable would be struck down by the sun gods. However, almost no Orcandus ever failed the last trial, Any would-be barons would train themselves in hot boxes for the oath. With advancements in medicine, they were given proper hydration and meals beforehand to ensure their survivability. The last trial was more because of tradition than an actual test. The only thing that could stop an Orkandu was death. The hardest part was already past him. The high priest finished his speech, and the hall began to clear. McClures rushed out to usher him from the room where they would clean the blood from his body and dress him in his royal cloak. Another group of McClures came to clear the carcass of the Tar beast and took the sword from him. He was taken into a small dressing room for the arena participants. It wasn't grand, like the one in his palace, but very simple. It was used for blood sports throughout the year, and the gladiators who came to fight did not believe in long cloaks and frills. Grenarch envied them as he spent more time in dressing rooms and fighting battles or doing training. The Chloris got through about half of his cleanup when the door burst open. His brother, Tretkik, entered with a human male wearing the Tristicute officer's uniform. Granork made no attempt to cover himself up. Orcandus were never known for their modesty. What's the meaning of this, Granork said. Why do you bring that stink blood here? He is my new business partner, Tretkik said. Admiral Wells... The human offered his hand. Interstellar forces, Galactic Stability Division. granork ignored the human's offer of friendship. That was a truly oppressive fight. I don't think I could have handled that beast even in power armor, the human said. A stink blood like you would not understand, Granork snorted. This is not some scared, dusty, forgotten trial. They televise it for the whole galactic network to see, Trektik scoffed. "'This is a time-honored tradition. "'The only reason they televise it is because that the cloaks have gotten too big!' "'Grenork huffed. "'What, you want to go back to the old ways "'and bathe in the blood of your enemies? "'Paint the palace walls red?' Tretkik said. "'After each victory, barons used to drain the blood "'of the enemy leader and bathe in it. "'During the ascension, the walls were painted "'with blood of servants and soldiers of the late baron. "'It was considered a dishonor to serve the new baron, Thankfully, Orcandus have moved on from barbaric traditions of the past. You test my patience, Granork said. Speak what you came for and be gone. We have business opportunity that could make Orcanus one of the top ten richest planets in the galaxy, Tretkik said. I'm assuming this touristicue had something to do with it, Granork eyed the humans suspiciously. You know that they only signed contracts with full expectations to exploit every loophole. Brother... "'Humans have a bad reputation only because of Shusharian propaganda.' "'The U.P.E. is an aggregate of many races,' Admiral Wells added. "'I have no interest in joining the Union,' Grenork snarled. "'Nor did I ask,' the human said. "'I merely want to point out that we have an actual mutual business interests.' "'What could the barony possibly have in common with the touristic you blood?" The Admiral was well trained in interspecies negotiation. He did not even flink at Granork's verbal venom. Most Orkandu would jeer and throw insults when confronted with a conversation they didn't want to have. Fist fighting was always preferred the method to end personal conflict and get rid of unwanted guests. If Granork could goad the man into taking a swing, he could gore the Turisticu and be done with his encounter. However, honor bound Granork would not act without a good reason. Or an official challenge. The smell of Admiral's blood wasn't good enough reason, so Granork was forced to listen to what the human had to say. Do you know the planet of Nigrimoto? Admiral Wells asked. It was one of your prizes from your victory over the Shusharian collective. Granork said. It was in UPE jurisdiction well before the Shusharians decided to invade. But I'm not here to argue legal technicalities. The point is, is that the planet has the largest decrin deposits in the galaxy. We have no need for your blood, decrin. The barony has many gas giants with honorable citizens willing to risk their lives for the glory of the... This is not a sales pitch. We're not here for trade. We're here to hire you. If you need mercenaries, there are plenty of private companies with our Orkandus in their employ that handle... We're here to hire the entire Barony, the Admiral said. You have no need for our might. The who have the largest fleet and the most advanced warships. Even if the Shusharians would jeopardize the peace pact, you control the Dekrand now. Even if it, they were to begin mining operations on every gas giant in their sector, they would not be able to outproduce you." You're not as dumb as your brother made you out to be, the Admiral said. He was a skilled in negotiations indeed. Most Orkandus would beat the man for a comment and seek to clear their name in a blood match. However, Granorc was not a typical or can do, and knew when losing his temper would provide his adversary an advantage. Instead, he kept them both on their toes and asked, What would you have t- the Barony do that would share some of the endless coffers of Earth? Protection Admiral well smiled. Granorc never understood the human obsession with smiling. He was taught it was the Way Earthings' expressed friendship and hospitality. Renorq always wanted to know what they were hiding with that grin. We want to hire the Barony to provide a steady stream of the most elite Orkandu warriors to Nigrimoto. We want an Orkandu in every squad. We estimate we can employ two thirds of your military on Nigrimoto alone. Don't worry, the Barony will be under our protection. We'll establish bases in. Why Orkandus? Your power armor, mechs, machines that can do anything an Orkandu could provide. That's exactly it. Our proudness in battle is our technology. However, all that tech comes at a price. We have the largest military budget in the galaxy, and as you may know, the gravity on Negromoto makes it impossible for humans to do anything on that planet without assistance. The wildlife alone requires active military presence, not to mention those who might try to nick a shipment or two, why not hire or no can do who needs no technological assistance and slash the budget by a considerable amount. Which of course would be willing to share some of our savings with you." There was that smile again. Granork didn't buy it. There was more the Admiral wasn't telling him. The Dekran would bring in more money. In than draining it out. Even if they had to double their production of power armor and other techs, the money they made from the Decoran would be well worth it. So you use orkandus as meat shields for your precious Decoran while humans get too fat in their power armor, Granork snarled. Are you afraid of a little florin thought on, Nigramoto? The Admiral said. Granork roared and lifted the human by his jacket. Orkandus fared nothing, he snarled. Tretkik placed his hand on Granork's. Think about it. Think about it, brother. With the Turisticu money, we can turn the barony around. Our infrastructure is old and crumbling. The soldiers have no wars to fight. They keep trouble in their hometowns. The barony has stagnated. This will give us a purpose. To safeguard the wealth of the Turisticu Empire, Grenark said. The galaxy, Admiral Wells countered. UPE will trade with anyone. As long as they play by the rules rigged in your favor," Granork said. "I don't think we're getting through to him," the admiral said to Tretick. "He is weak, like his father." Granork could not restrain himself any more. He pushed his brother to the ground and charged the man. He stuck the horn into the admiral's shoulder and lifted him off the ground. The human's blood went everywhere, and the McClures retreated in terror. Grannark almost whipped his horn back and forth to tear the man's limb from his body, but he stopped himself. He kicked the Admiral off his horn, and the man whimpered in pain. Granark ordered the McClures to get the human medical attention, and they dragged him from the room. Trekkett turned to as grabbed his brother by the shoulders. This could have been big for our people. There, there still may be time to fix this. Uh, appoint me High Commander. I'll, I'll ease the tensions with the Tristicus, he said. "'You have no military experience,' Granork protested. "'War and conquest is a thing of the past,' Trekkick said. "'The new battlefield is economics. "'If you weren't so attached to the old ways, you'd see this. "'I honor family and tradition. "'Family and tradition have created a barony "'that will one day be crushed by superpowers emerging in the galaxy. "'Whether it's the Shusharians or the humans, we will bow down one day, "'and if we can make a deal now, we can meet us as partners rather than as slaves.'" If you think they will ever let you eat at the same table as them, you are mistaken. There is an earth beast called a dog they consider their best friend. They feed this creature table scraps and lock them in cages when they are away from their homes. Is this is how they treat their best friends, what would they do to their business partners? Dog is nothing but a dumb animal and earth is not just for humans, it's a multicultural planet with wealthy many races. Is that what this is? You want to suckle the fat from earth and waste away in luxury? This is about the good of our people. Just because what is good for our people also happens to be good for me doesn't make it any less true. I don't become the Baron so that my family can cash in while my people suffer. If we are going to fix the infrastructure and put our soldiers to work, then I will do it for my personal coffers if I have to, but I will never make my people slaves so you can get a payday. "'You're not the baron yet,' Tretkik yelled. "'Are you threatening ye?' "'Granork snarled. "'I'm simply saying that you should not make decisions "'until you have weighed all options. "'The barony will never deal with the turisticus. "'You're lucky I didn't kill their negotiator.' "'So be it,' Tretkik said and slammed the door behind them. "'Granork buried his horn underneath his head. "'The deadly trials were the easy part of becoming baron. "'He knew the hard part.' was yet to come. All right. More Touristic U Chronicles. Thank you for listening.